Welcome to the podcast that transcends awareness into practice. In this season, entitled Harmony in Relationships, we will explore together the steps in the dance of relationship. Each episode builds on the one that preceded it. I present your question. Your question, I respond. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. episode on conflict, conflict in relationships, how it forms, why it forms, what it signifies, and how to clear it, especially how to clear it and move on. As we continue to make our ways to harmony, because this um, uh, season, the focus is how we move from the basics to which is trust and everything in between to reach harmony in relationships. We talked about trust. We talked about love. We had episodes about love. Opposites attract and how it affects the relationship. Communication. And if you have communication, you have conflict. So... Um, conflict is inevitable in relationships. It, um, it does not reflect if a relationship is successful or failure. So if a relationship has conflict, it doesn't mean that it has problems. A lot of people equate that, that if a relationship has conflict, it has problems. The, the, the more significant part here is if there is conflict, how to clear it and move on. That's where a lot of relationships go wrong. That's where bigger problems begin to form. Actually, not having conflict in relationships that's the problem. You see, it's not a problem to rock the boat as long as it's not rocked to the point that it, it, it sinks, of course. Um, it's how do you rock it and find a way to stabilize it. But if you never rock the boat, things start to pile up. And that what will, is what might sink the boat heavy heavy, heavy. So not having any, well, um, external showing because there's always differences. There's always judgments going on inside. <laughs> um, so not showing it and swallowing it every time it, it piles up with your partner. And there are relationships that the partners never admit or never allow themselves to have any outward conflict with each other. Um, but inside, I bet there are resentments, judgments. It's just, it's not expressed. And that is what 
puts weight on the boat. Um, what is conflict? Well, basically, it's a disagreement. Basically, it's a disagreement between two people. And there is a judgment of the other. Um, and what do you judge about the other? You judge about the other where, where they hold a different opinion and you begin feeling you're right and they're wrong. And it's an effort to um, convince the other that you are right and they are wrong. If also, if you listen to the previous um, episode, we talked about um, the two, uh, I think two of them, I think it was number three or four, number three, um, opposites attract. We talked about the basic structure of relationships and how um, uh, the, the partner holds um, in their personality parts that you have disowned, you have pushed aside, but they hold them and they present them as, as who they are. And that's when conflict can, can um, uh, th that is actually what you find to judge about the other person. So when there is conflict and is resolved, by just saying, I'm sorry. So we have a fight and then there is some calmness or there's some silence. And then you go to each other and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I want you to apologize. Okay. I apologize. That doesn't mean that cleared at all. And that's another mistake that couples make. They think, just asking or apologi asking for apology or apologizing themselves, uh, now everything is fine. No, it's not fine. Because when you create conflict, a lot of aspects of who we are get activated and they need to be looked at if you want to clear it and move on. Relationships move on only if it's clear. So unspoken resentments start to pile up if you don't clear conflict. Unspoken resentments are emotional indigestion <laughs> that it never gets addressed. It builds up and it goes under the carpet. And after a while, the carpet gets bigger and bigger. It becomes a mountain between two people. If, um, if too much time passes by, and nothing is addressed and the and the carpet under the carpet you have a lot of unspoken resentments it's too much then to lift the carpet to start clearing because it's too much it stinks down there you don't want to even bother with that and by the way that's when um so why why don't all couples that have conflict go to therapy why some couples go and some couples don't? Because it, it, the relationship reaches a point that too much has accumulated. And now it's almost an impasse. And now 
there is a sense of exhaustion about even wanting to work on the relationship. Unfortunately, that's when um, I see a number of clients, a number of couples come in for therapy when they, they accumulated so much resentment that they realize it's, it's an impasse now. It is, um, it is difficult to resolve anything. It's, it's too much resentment always there. Now, I also want to say that not everything has to be resolved. It's okay if some things don't get resolved. But if too much is accumulated, then it's a problem. So what are the ingredients of conflict? Well, whenever you're involved in a fight, a difference, uh, where it ends up in being conflictual relationships, you have pride, ego, self-righteousness, ignorance, embarrassment, a lot of blame and judgment. And that, by the way, the blame and the judgment keeps the fight going. It fuels the fight. You have a feeling of not being understood, not being heard. And you also have an um, lack of ability or lack of willingness to look at your contribution in the fight. Because whenever there is a fight, whatever the condition of the relationship is at, it's always, capital letters, always 50-50 contribution of the two partners. Not 51-49, it's 50-50. And of course, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, um, you are convinced and thinking of a conflict you had with your partner. You are totally convinced. What is she talking about? Of course, she's totally wrong or he's totally wrong regarding your partner. And that's when you are caught in the grip of self-righteousness, in the grip of judgment in the grip of being certain you're right and they are wrong. And that's an impasse. Nothing can be cleared if there is no willingness or ability to stop and look at how are you contributing into this fight. Because it's always half and half. So... Then we have to look at another aspect of relationships. What I called, and I talked about for many, many, many years, I, it's in the book um, that I co-authored with Renata Moritz called um, Longing, uh, Transcending Loneliness and Longing. 
is what I call points of connection, points of adjustment, and points of disconnection in relationships. What is that? So let me just first say that if a couple is having conflict on points of disconnection, it will never, ever get resolved. If the fights are on the points of adjustment, it's a lot of hope. So what, what are these? What do I mean? So points of connection in a relationship is when you are with a partner and there are certain points that naturally you are connected. You're feeding each other. You didn't work on it. You didn't put any effort in it. It's just what really holds this relationship together. So, for example, if a couple is seeing and connected in the same uh, they have the same views, the same beliefs, the same values about spirituality, let's say, or religion, then that's called one of their points of connection. Because if they didn't have that and they, they hold so much close to their view of their spirituality, and the other had a different one, they would not be interested to be with them. It happens very often. Another point of connection can be that two partners are connected because of the children. So their dialogue, they are, um, anytime they talk uh, or argue, it's all about the children, their attention, their focus. Is, so they connect as mother and father, really. So that is their point of connection. You take the children out of the picture, it's almost they have nothing to connect with. So point of connection is something that if you remove from the relationship, it deflates it automatically and immediately. There's nothing more. There's not any momentum, any energy to keep the two people together. The point of connection, sometimes um, it's very difficult for, for couples to recognize, but think about it in that form. If What in your relationship right now, and it can be with your partner, and this also applies to friendship, to relationship with family, to any relationship really. What aspect, if you take away from this relationship, there's absolutely no reason to connect, to be together. That's how you find your point of connection. So there's never any fighting about point of connection because it's actually the point that the two of you are doing very well together, that you are agreeing, you're moving together in, in, in the same rhythm, in the same pace. Um, it's, it's holding you together. And it, it's there, it's present from the beginning of the relationship, perhaps is what attracted you in with each other. After the physical attraction, of course, we have reasons why people stay together 
um, meet and and um, start a relationship together. And that has to do with certain aspects that stands out that stand out um, in the other and in the relationship. So these are the points of connection. Points of adjustment is aspects in relationship where there is conflict, there is disagreement, but there is willingness, openness, awareness, energy to work on it from both people. There's an agreement and a readiness to work on the differences, on the point of conflict from both people. So, for example, if, um, let's say, I am the kind of person that when we go together on vacation, I don't like any schedules. I just like to wake up every morning and just be very spontaneous and take the day as it comes. And my partner is the exact opposite. They like to have very scheduled and predictable um, program of each day, each day. So that is a point of disagreement. And for example, it can be worked out one day you take a, a, a turn, we do it spontaneously. The other day we do it, it's scheduled. So you see, this is a, a benign example, of course, of conflict, but it can be worked out again if both people are willing to be unlike themselves sometimes. That's key in relationships. The willingness at times to be unlike yourself, to do something that you usually don't do, is not in your repertoire, is not in your habits, is not in your patterns. So, that's points of adjustment. And these are points that you can fight, you can clear, and you move on. These are points that when I see couples in therapy, if what they are, they are conflict, they are uh, presenting concern, what they bring in therapy belongs to the points of adjustment, we can really, it, it's a, so much hope, we can really work on it. And I've, I've seen incredible shifts in couples and resolved and moving on. However, if the conflict and the fights are about points of disconnection, then it's a whole different story. So what are points of disconnection in relationship? It's really when there cannot be any change. As a therapist, that sounds very strange language, no? Because therapists, we are trained to have hope and to think that we can resolve anything. Okay, that's fine for a lot of therapists too and a lot of people to think about that. But in my many, many years of experience, I realized after working with hundreds of couples that there are points of disconnection where there are points in, in, in the personality that as much as they try, they're not going to move, at least in this lifetime. 
they're not going to change. They're not going to agree. These are points that, for whatever reason, I don't know for what reason, you, and, you, and you know these points, you identify these points because they repeat themselves. They just, you think you resolve it, and here we go. It comes back with the same intensity. People come to therapy. They went to therapy for years and years, and still the same difference seems to be there. So those points that repeat and and there is and you try to resolve it, you went to therapy and they keep coming back, uh, it's about time to realize <laughs> they belong to points of disconnection, points that for whatever reason they are not going to shift. What is needed there is simple acceptance. You know, the the term, let's agree to disagree, that's where it gets applied to points of disconnection. And you can, and you can recognize that by thinking on what are the differences that we keep going back and they don't resolve. So, why did I go into this detailed description of points of connection, points of adjustment, and points of disconnection? Is because when you have a fight or conflict, and the theme and the pattern belongs to the point of disconnection, th- there's, there's n- no moving on. You just accept that on that subject, on that point, there's not, this is not going to be any resolution. And you just accept it and you leave it alone. What I'm talking about today is points where there, there can be adjustment. There you have two people that recognize this is a problem. It doesn't work for me. Let's work on it. And I'm willing to try different ways. Those are points of adjustment. So conflicts can be resolved if they belong in the points of adjustment. You didn't know there are two kinds of conflicts, did you? <laughs> so, in, so first of all, you have to recognize in what category so to speak, category, (laughs) your conflict belongs. And if it's points of adjustment, then there are some specific skills because you do need specific skills to resolve conflict. It, um, some people are just, they have these skills, naturally. Um, They witness their parents, use them successfully. So it's, um, they grow up with it. And some of us have to go to therapy. They have to listen to this podcast or see this video um, to become at least aware of and give it a try, putting it into practice. Because after all, my podcast is, yes, I'm giving information, but 
because of the name awareness sucks after awareness if you don't put it in practice so you know more now so how do you put what skills do you put in practice in order to resolve conflict clearing conflict requires First of all, after you have a fight, you both need to be calm. You need to wait. So it's not, you see, these skills are not going to end up, you're not going to end up in a relationship with no conflict. Because as I said in the very beginning, that's not the goal. It's how do you handle conflict when it appears. So it's... It's about when it happens, first you have to calm down. You have to wait. I don't know how long, but both people have to reach a point of, calm, of, of being calmed. Because when you're in the middle of conflict, you never resolve it. That's a guarantee. <laughs> when you're in the middle of anger, of judgment, of um, hurt, of uh, Um, that you want to attack, it's no way, no way you can resolve conflict. So the first step is wait until you both calm down. The second is that you have two partners willing to look at it, to work on it. So every reaction carries an underlying state of vulnerability. That is um, crucial to know. And when I talk about vulnerability, I am not talking weakness, because whenever I present in classes or in different presentations, and I ask people, how do you define vulnerability? What is vulnerability? The first word um, that comes out is weakness. Not in this theory, not in this way of working. Um, Of course, um, the next episode, will be about vulnerability, all about vulnerability. But for right now, I just want to emphasize that under every angry reaction, strong charge reaction in attacking, in blaming, in judging, there is always an underlying vulnerability. By the way, our body senses it first before we even understand. If we only learn to trust the sensations of our body, we'll be in a very better position. The body somehow, if we get attacked, knows it, 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 it. You feel the sensation before you realize what's going on. So trust the sensations of the body. So spending some time trying to find, so when you calm down, 
you spend some time to first realize for yourself where you were touched in your vulnerability. What's the state of vulnerability? Were you hurt? Were you insulted? Did you feel abandoned? Do you feel disrespected? Do you feel threatened? Are you exhausted, tired? Are you scared? Do you feel lonely? Are you hungry? Are you stressed? Are you sad? Do you feel misunderstood? Blamed? Are you jealous? Do you feel disappointed, helpless, or hopeless? Do you feel inadequate? Do you feel intimidated? You see, all these are states of vulnerability. That we react to. So, this might be the feelings underneath, but let's say if you feel abandoned or hurt or insulted, the most common <laughs> uh, reaction. So, a state of vulnerability is, is one level and reaction is on top. It's the other person, usually the partner, usually sees your reaction, hears your reaction, feels your reaction, but has no idea about your state of vulnerability. And it's a problem if you also don't know about what vulnerability was activated in this conflict. So the reaction might be shutting down, becoming defensive, blowing up, silent treatment, blaming, attacking, you're punitive, you become punitive, judging. All these are reactions that everybody can see, but nobody can see what fueled them. And what fuels the reactions is really how we are feeling when the other person is, is blaming us, is uh, shouting. And then it goes back and forth, you see. It goes back and forth. So these, these reactions guarantee to keep a conflict going. It's no way that in shouting and blaming each other, in being, you know, shutting down will resolve a problem. So clearing involves after you both calm down and after you realize what is your underlying vulnerability, you communicate that to your partner. Immediately, it disarms the other. If I say to you, the, 
they, what just happened made me feel so disappointed. What just happened made me feel abandoned. It's very different than if I say to you, you never pay attention to me. You always blame me. That's very different. This fuels the other person to either fight or flight, right? And the the conflict continues. But if you stop, you come down and you spend some time finding out where you were hurt, where where are you vulnerable? And then with an even tone, calm tone, not blaming, because I can also tell you, I feel so hurt. That's not communicating vulnerability. That's using the word of vulnerability to attack you some more. So in a very more calm way, that's why you have to wait for hours or maybe a day. Yeah, you might go to bed uh, angry, but it's very important that you calm down to, to find your vulnerability. And then that is what you put on the table. You present if to, to your partner, if you want to clear the conflict and move on. You make your partner aware of what is the underlying vulnerability, where, what do you feel? And you leave it there. That disarms them. There's nothing to fight about when I present to you that I was just so hungry at that moment and I, I didn't have patience. That's very different to say from saying, you never, you never pay attention. Didn't you realize I was so hungry and I get impatient? You see, that's a very different tone. It depends who in you says, communicates the vulnerability. That's very, very important. So when we talk about conflict and resolving the conflict, we are really talking about a way to clear it and move on. And it's at least that is the way that I've known professionally, personally, that can, if it's a relationship that is important to you and you want to hold it and continue, if you build up too many unspoken resentments, it's not going to work out. Sooner or later, it will blow up. So the only way that I found out, and that, by the way, um, came also from my studies of the, of the method of the psychology of the selves by Helen Sidra Stone. Uh, they have a wonderful book called Partnering. It's a really amazing book about relationships if you want to look at, uh, uh, you take a look at it. So it's really about admitting your underlying feelings and simply communicating them. But in order to do that, you have to have trust. Because if you don't trust your partner, you're not going to communicate (laughs) vulnerability. So that's why in this this, um, 
theme of harmony in relationships, I started with trust is the basis. Because if you don't have trust, you're not going to trust your vulnerability with your partner. So we go back now to work on trust first before you can. So if you don't have trust, that's why also conflicts go on and on and on and they build and they gather energy and momentum over time. I hope this was helpful for you. I am welcoming your questions and your emails to awarenesssuckspodcast at gmail.com and I will respond to them. Waiting for your feedback, questions and suggestions on the theme of conflict. You can email them at awarenessaxpodcast at gmail.com or you're invited to be a guest on my podcast with your questions. Until next time, yahara. <laughs>